listening to the Lucas Askew Experience. Now, here's your host, the one and only, Lucas Askew. Hello world, welcome to the Lucas Askew Experience. It's February and love is in the air. Valentine's Day came and went. Now, I'm not the hopeless romantic by any stretch of the imagination, but I've definitely grown an appreciation for the day of St. Valentine. Now, any day that we can be reminded to shower our significant other or just any person in our life with love and adoration, I consider that a good day. Now, maybe I'm getting softer in my old age or maybe Cupid really does have power with that arrow he shoots. But I digress. Today's podcast which you may guess does have an underlining love theme. We're talking weddings, we're talking bachelor parties. I'm in the midst of planning both of these events, and I sat down with a real wedding guru to get his thoughts about it. You'll have to tune in after the break to see who this wedding guru truly is. Um, And for those listening, confused by the episode title, I titled this one The Bachelor, A, to get more listeners, would stumble across this, hoping for some spoilers or maybe some detailed analysis on the actual show. I apologize for false advertising. However, for what it's worth, my money is on Raven to take it all, all the way and uh, win Nick's heart. But that's for another podcast. Today's podcast, we're talking weddings. But before we dive in, here's a brief ditty from today's sponsor. Today's episode is brought to you by Joseph A. Bank, the only bank who will take your deposit and give you the next five deposits free. Joseph A. Bank, for those who are not aware, is a retailer of men's clothing, particularly in affordable men's business wear. Since its inception in 1905, the bank has made it affordable to look stylish and cool. They are best known for their insanely great promotions of buy one suit, get the next three free, or buy one shirt and get three shirts, two belts, and a pair of socks for free. You get the point. They love their deep discounts. However, since being acquired by former rival Men's Warehouse, the number of deep discount sales has diminished. I don't know if their marketing budget has dropped, but the Lucas Askew experience is here to help. For the next month, I will promote their product in my various social channels and this podcast. Nothing to advert, but something that gets the message across that we, the consumer, want the old bank back. And if they bring back the buy one suit, get multiple, at least three, for free promotion, I'm committed to purchasing my wedding suit from this great establishment. It's a win-win all the way around. More to come on this. Now, back to today's show. Welcome back to the Lucas Askew Experience. Today's podcast, we brought back the first, second time guest we've had on this show. Rave reviews from you, the you, the listener, on the previous podcast. So we had to bring him back. My brother, Christopher Askew. Welcome back to the podcast. Thank you. Thanks for having me back. I, I should read those reviews. I haven't got around to doing that yet, but... Uh... I, I actually thought it was you that just wrote those with different people's names on them that... Oh, yeah, the, the Christopher Askew episode really was the one that, that sparked my interest in the podcast. No, it wasn't me. It, I don't even know really where to f- get your podcast, i got to be honest. Uh, so those were real listeners. 
You can get it on iTunes, Stitcher, or your podcast app on your Apple iPhone. It, it's easy, folks. Don't listen, don't listen to this guy. But uh, welcome back. Um, since we last chatted, some, some life events happened uh, in, in your life. Care to enlighten these listeners? Yeah, sure. Uh, before I get started, can I just say I feel very comfortable in this atmosphere we're recording in. This is, this is my childhood room we're in right now, so it's... Uh, it brings back uh, some good memories. So were the acoustics as good as it will uh, play out on, on this podcast? Or did you find the acoustics were, were good with growing up in this bedroom? I, I, don't, I didn't play a lot of music or do a lot of stuff in this bedroom. It's not, all I could really fit was my bed. So uh, other than sleeping, that's kind of all I did here. But uh, hey, hopefully it works out. It, they, our parents have now turned this into the office and den. So... Uh, but yeah, it feels it feels a little weird being back here, but good, it's good. Okay, um, so yes, we're we're in your bedroom right now. We're recording this podcast uh, to get to my earlier question. Life events since since we last chatted, I I hear there's been some new developments. There has it's been it's been kind of a busy couple of months uh, since we last spoke when we were down in Nashville. Uh, I I bought a house in Ottawa. Okay, I moved into that house and. Uh, proposed to my girlfriend uh and she, and she said yes yeah oh, there <laughs> we go. congratulations yeah and i know we were a little little skeptical about the the answer but glad glad things worked out yeah yeah she so she uh she she's agreed to uh spend the rest of her life with me so nice well you know we're, we're, we're proud of you here at the lucy Athens experience so that means 2017 we, we've had years of the travel before years of no travel 2017 is the year of the wedding for the ASCII family. It, it is. We're going to try to do uh, both weddings in the same year. And uh, the logistics, I, I'm not looking forward to. I, I can tell it's going to be it's going to be difficult. Try to get that all in. So as you're kind of getting set to, to plan this wedding, obviously, uh, myself, I have, a, I have a date set and kind of working towards that right now. And obviously, there's, there's a, a lot of variables involved with planning a wedding you've got all these different stakeholders it could be time consuming it can be stressful as well for you personally what are your your favorite parts of the wedding and then what don't you like about the wedding experience for me the wedding comes down it's it's two things that's all i that's all i care about if if there's good food and there's a good dj it's going to be a good way so dj not a band like you you were not in the boat of a, a live band, I I like the DJ. I like the the guy that can kind of play all the different kinds of music, and for me to kind of get you know get the dancing kind of going, I feel like the DJ gives a little more energy. Uh, if there's going to be a band, I don't mind if it's done earlier. You know, at that cocktail hour, throw in the band then. But then after dinner and you having the dance floor, let let's get the DJ on there. That's that's you know, they're they're that's gonna pump the most energy into the crowd, I think. Okay. So some music and then the actual DJ environment. What are the things that you as you're planning this, red flags, uh, that you don't want in this wedding or pet peeves that you find in the wedding experience? Yeah, there's uh you know, I'm kind of reaching that age where every year I seem to go to five or six weddings. And is it because you're popular or just because like, people have reached that moment in their life that they they need to stick with someone? Yeah, I'm usually the plus one. I'm not, so I'm not that popular. Okay. I just usually get dragged along in the weddings. 
and uh, it's just it's that kind of age, right? The late late twenties, early thirties. That's when people start kind of getting getting married, and uh, so I'm kind of reaching that age and getting going to lots of weddings every year. So there are a lot of things that I find drive drive me nuts. The first one, I I don't know how you feel about it, but when you break up that you know this you know the ceremony ceremony where the you know the, the actual marriage occurs. And then you have your reception, and then we often go to ones where at the the, wedding, the one o'clock ceremony. Then you have this the six o'clock dinner and dance. You don't really know what to do as a guest. You don't really know what to do during that time. It, I I completely agree with that one. There's there, there's something about doing the ceremony, and then I came from out of town. What am I supposed to do now for the next four hours? I can't go have a few wobbly pops because I still need to go to the reception and feel like I'm a, a fully functioning human being yeah and what we've done at a lot of out-of-town weddings is we'll be staying at a place that's right near where the where the reception is and so yeah we go back to the hotel or um, condominium or whatever where we're staying and yeah kind of start to get the party kind of started uh, a little kind of early but I would prefer to just kind of go right from the wedding into the you know the cocktail hour and the dinner and get that going otherwise the the day becomes kind of kind of long and uh so that's my biggest pet peeve for sure i i want to have that that ceremony at four or five and get right into it okay no need to drag it out right no i completely agree i think if if you can bang bang knock them both out you as the groom and, and bride aren't that popular that we need to be giving a full day to you guys, even though I'm making a lot of my guests travel um, and spend the weekend, but for yeah. the actual uh, knock it out right, right after each other. But that's another thing. If you start, again, if you start their reception at 4 p.m., it gives your out-of-town guests the chance to kind of go. If they live uh, a couple hours away, they can drive up that morning rather than stay an extra night. It's just, it is easier for the guests. And the, I think the main reason people do, do this split is just so they can take pictures in between. Well, just take your pictures before, right? Mm-hmm. Doesn't doesn't affect me. So that's that's definitely my my biggest pet peeve. Okay, that's number one. What would you say, number two? Long, I, boring speeches. I think have we all been there where we're just like, here's this you know person that's talking. So what what is your optimal length? Because you will be having to say a speech at my wedding, and I will definitely be putting you on the clock. What is the optimal length for you? I, I think about five minutes, no, and no more than five good minutes. Five good like minutes, P, like PTI. And that would be nice if you could have ring that bell, and and then they'd have to quit. But that doesn't happen. But what I often have is you'll have the parents come up, they'll say some nice things, and then they drag it out that extra three or four minutes where they they keep complimenting the person and they keep saying the same thing that they already said. We get that your son's a an amazing human being and he's marrying the best person in the world and you're so happy for her to be part of the family but don't say it six times and it's just kind of repeating the same thing and meanwhile we're all kind of sitting here waiting you know for our meal like next course in our meal or ready to just kind of get moving otherwise if you sit sit there eating for three hours or four hours you get a little you kind of little get a little tired right you've had some drinks mm-hmm. you're just kind of sitting there you have a heavy meal you need to kind of get the speeches over with, so you get the dancing kind of going because that's the that's the best part of the wedding. So what um, 
you say kind of the generally the the parents are the biggest culprits. Do you find though that kind of best men and maids of honor? Because I've been to a couple where, and I'm not just picking on the the female. Just, I think the guys do the same thing. They can kind of kind of drag on. Um, what do you think that we can do to curb that? Is it like the Oscars start playing music to get them off the stage or a PTI belt? What can we what can we do to bring that five minute or whatever mark to to cut people off? I think you got to kind of look at who you've chosen to kind of give speeches, kind of get an idea of how good that they are giving speeches and then tell them a particular time. Because I'm not against giving that one person in your group that might be really has a lot of funny jokes, very good personality, able to deliver that speech. Give them 10 minutes. And because if people are laughing, that's that's a good that's still good. But just recognize that if you have maybe a parent or an aunt or one of your other person that's speaking that's maybe not as, you know, the speech isn't going to be as funny or she's not or he is not as good of a public speaker, maybe only give them like, tell them, oh, could you just stick it to four or five minutes? And so that should kind of be planned out a little bit before. And I don't really think that the person um, often kind of maybe goes over the per- people's speeches and they kind of let sometimes their parents or like drag on. Though, let's, as, we're, as we're talking here, how much of the actual decision-making do you think you will have compared to Laura, your bride-to-be? Like, do you feel like your voice will be heard on, on these particular elements? Or us as grooms, we can talk about it now, but we have no, no hope. Well, I'm hoping that one of the things that you know, I, I love about her, I think we, we are often on the same page when it comes to these things. And we've gone to all these weddings and she'll listen to me rant about this. I'll be fuming at the table while this speech goes on for 15 minutes. And she's agreeing with me then. So I hope she hasn't changed her mind. Uh, and when we have our wedding that she lets people run on for 15, 20 minutes. Because as you can tell based on my personality, I want us to just have that five to five o'clock to five fifteen wedding get into dinner eat and then just start dancing just start just have some drinks and dancing because that's that's what people want in, in in the celebration and and to do a little and to have the opportunity to mingle with the guests i, I want to have that time okay i well I, I feel for for my speech for you i kind of want to drag it on a little bit just to see your face uh, at that head table that's my job as the younger, younger brother and best man hey yeah, well, we'll see. I'm. I'll. I'll put a time limit on you. Joseph A. Bank. Joseph A. Bank. This is supplemental advertising. Go to your nearest Joseph A. Bank for an unbelievable selection of top tier suits at affordable rates. Well, because this one's interesting because we have two different philosophies. So that. Oh, you didn't start it, right? We're recording live. Welcome back to the Lucas Asky Experience. Even though it's the second time here, obviously he doesn't understand cues too well. Uh, Christopher Asky with us. We're talking bachelor parties. We both have a bachelor party, potentially. Uh, Well, we're both getting married this coming year. So we want to talk bachelor parties. Kind of get your thoughts and my thoughts and have a little debate about what, what is a bachelor party? What's a good bachelor party? And why have bachelor parties just blown up over the past decade? This topic I'm really curious on because we were kind of we've had a little discussion since we've kind of been back for the over the Christmas break, 
it, we've had some downtime and it gives us kind of some pause to think about this. And it's kind of clear that me and you think, think about bachelor parties quite differently and what we kind of are expecting to kind of do. You seem to have more of a, more of a flair for the, for the bigger, bigger, the bigger grander, of course, you know, the, there, there's only a few parts and times in my life where the spotlight can entirely be on me. One, when I'm recording the Lucas Asking experience, hence the name. Two, the wedding. Yes, I share it with my bride, but a lot of the spotlight's still on me. And three, a bachelor party, a weekend dedicated to me. It's where I'm not paying for drinks. I'm not paying for the, the fun and experience I'm with my closest guys. We're ripping up a town or city. That is that is a moment, that's a weekend that you'll never forget. So, yes, I, I definitely have an opinion on that. And then versus me, I prefer more to be the, the more low-key. And I, I actually haven't even decided whether I really want to have kind of the bachelor party and kind of go through the whole thing of organizing and having uh, asking people to travel to a different spot and pay all that money. I don't necessarily feel as comfortable doing that. Do you think it's a... Canadian and American difference in philosophy, and I'll, I'll, I'll explain this a little bit. I would say the greater population of Canada, growing up, stayed close to home, their friends and their family. So it's not as widespread in terms of the, the friend group that you're inviting to this wedding or inviting to the bachelor party. So hence, if they're all closer, maybe there's less excitement to... Yes, you'll still see people going down to Vegas or Austin, but maybe less just desire to do that. Where United States, I think a lot of the times, like for my bachelor party, I've got people coming from Canada. I've got a New York, San Francisco, Calgary. We've got all these different places. We want to connect in one place and kind of make it a big event. Yeah, and so and then in your case, they ha- have to travel, right? But yeah, yeah, I agree. In, in Canada, most of the people that I know have kind of ended up pretty close to where they, they grew up and all of their friends are kind of close by. And so when they kind of get married, the bachelor party can just easily be kind of a road trip somewhere. I mean, some people do the, the have gone do the Vegas uh, route, but a lot of people just kind of do maybe more of a local uh, bachelor or bachelorette party. But I think in the States, just because of uh, all the, how people move around and have kind of forces people to have these meet up in a city and, and then kind of go out and really uh, really kind of do it up for a bachelor party. Um, do, do you feel bad, though, like from your stance, making people make the investment to come to the city, spend the entire weekend there? Like, Is that part of your thinking of why you'd rather have a low-key? Yes. I, I've, I always kind of feel guilty making people spend money, especially when it would be because of me, I'm asked. I'm basically saying, "Oh, you can come and you know celebrate this," but I'm kind of asking you to also put aside a good chunk of money for the hotel, for the gas, and then knowing that they're going to probably you know be buying your drinks and all that stuff. It it adds up, depending, especially depending on where you you choose, and it's just not something I maybe feel as comfortable with. And I mean, it depends on your your group of friends, right? If you grew up with, you know, you have some really close friends that maybe have really good jobs and everything like that it might you might feel you know less guilty about doing that but maybe in my situation i just it's that's just not really for me i don't necessarily feel comfortable asking people to do that well i i definitely feel comfortable you having to dip into your savings account to 
pay for whatever uh, bachelor party we go on. So, well, then I feel like I might have to have just a bachelor party where I invite you and make you just to spend a whole bunch of money just to get you back. Fly me up to Sault Ste. Marie or another northern location. Yes, yeah, so we'll go ice fishing or, or something like that, and you you have to pay pay the way for the weekend. That that could be a fun little bachelor bachelor party. Sleeping well, in igloo? Is it just me and you? Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't know if that can, constitutes a full bachelor party. Yeah. Okay. That's more of a, a date. Yeah, you can tell I don't. <laughs> you can tell I don't go to these things that much, but. Uh... <laughs> okay. I've nothing else to say about that. But, oh, I thought we were gonna maybe talk a little bit about because I I I have this low key bachelor party. I thought maybe you were gonna shed some light on what you were thinking about your bachelor party. So I think for my bachelor party, I I want um, I I too also am. I don't want you to think that I just crave the spotlight. I also am thinking of the the group of people that I'm inviting and wanting it to be a weekend where you can satisfy the kind of interests of. 14, 15 dudes, which isn't always that, isn't always that easy. So as I'm looking at different places, of Vancouver is a desirable location. Montreal includes kind of both the, the Canadian friends that, that I'm having, even though they don't live in either of these places, the, these are your top desirable locations in Canada. Or like a, we'll go to Kentucky and do the Kentucky Derby. In, in May, like that's that's a cool event that people would go to. So, I think it needs to be situated around around event or something kind of big that everyone can go. I think obviously include golfing, we'll be drinking wherever we go. But you don't want to. I feel bachelor parties can be centered solely on the consumption, and I feel that yes, it's good in dosages, but I feel there. There could be something richer and deeper in another place. That that's a good point because you can you can have drinks and ha- drink excess alcohol anywhere. So if you're going to choose one of these cities, you should really choose an aspect of it that's unique. Like you said, I mean the Kentucky Derby is a you know an annual event that only takes place there. Montreal, I lived there for a couple of years, has some really good festivals that are really fun to go to, and uh, yeah, so I agree. You don't want to just center it on you know, drinking the whole time. So if you were to choose, and you could tell my listeners here, here to hear first, it's the best man, what would you want? What would be your ideal location for my bachelor party? Well, I mean, obviously, Sault Ste. Marie, uh, this tiny little city in Canada that I used to live, uh, that's kind of up there. There's some really good fishing and hiking. But I'm a big proponent of Vancouver, I was there for the first time last year, and it really blew my mind. Just the the views with the mountains and the ocean, just I've never seen anything like that. And the definitely has the nightlife with the bars, but it also has the sporting events. You have the very good soccer, football, and you can even, you're pretty close to going up uh, northern in Whistler for skiing. So I think that would be that would be up there on my list. Thank you, Christopher, for your wonderful insight on both weddings and bachelor parties. I called you in the open art a wedding guru. Might be a little bit bold of a statement, but I appreciate your your thoughts and and overall insight on both processes. 
And like any groom to their best man, I thank you for your thoughts and will opt to go in a different direction. I've decided to head to Montreal for the bachelor party as it's a great destination to blend cultures of Canada and it's one of the top cities in North America. Yes, I'm going continental on this one. One of the top cities in North America in the summertime, which we are going at that time. And further, I will also make sure all my speeches, all the speeches at my wedding, are at least 10 minutes in length, so you can get frustrated as you wait in between courses. Just kidding on that last part, because I definitely feel the same way you do, and we'll start playing the music off the stage if anyone pushes that five-minute time limit. That is our show for this week. We do have time for everyone's favorite segment, though, the motivational message. Today's message comes from Thomas Merton, a man who I had to actually look up of what he did, as I'd never heard of him, heard of him before. He was a poet and social activist in the 1940s and 50s. And Thomas had a quote on love that I felt tied nicely in today's show. He said, Love is our true destiny. We do not find the meaning of life by ourselves alone. We find it with one another. Very simple, to the point, and I encourage you to focus this week on sharing love with one another and embracing our differences. Life, it's built on relationships, and we can't tackle this world by ourselves. To simply love more, resent less. Thank you again to today's sponsor, Joseph A. Bank. And for all you listeners out there for putting me in your podcast lineup. Until next time, ladies and gentlemen, take care, talk soon, and God bless.